Listen to The Morning Cry weekdays in December on your favorite podcast app. Just search for The Morning Cry on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen. Our Father in heaven, we pray that as we come to you again today, you would speak unto us with a utterance that wakes the dead and bring us to where you would want us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to thank the Lord for the privilege he has given unto us while we were attempting to explore the topic of covetousness broadly in the last episode. Something unexpected happened along the way. A critical need arose. The matter of the hearth. You might have noticed that the episode's focus quickly switched from the issue of covetousness to actually addressing the problem of the hearth, which is where covetousness and many other interior vices the devil exploits originates from. Now, the episode brought us to the understanding that there is a love dimension to the matter of covetousness. It is a competition for the affection of the heart of a man. Instead of a heart that yearns and thirsts after God, a covetous heart yearns and thirsts after things, after the toys of this world, and not after the joy of the Lord, which gives us strength to walk on the narrow way. Now this matter of the heart does not only apply to covetousness, it is also the origin of many inner evil that defiles a man. Mark 7.23 Little wonder, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 6 that, And the Lord your God will circumcise your hearth and the earth of your seed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, that you may live. So here you would see that except the work of circumcision is done in the heart of a man, he cannot fully love God. To examine this matter of art circumcision today, I'll be drawing some very, very important lessons from the test of Abraham in Genesis chapter 22. So if you would turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 22 from verse 1 to 2. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Now to really understand what was happening here, I will quickly give the summary of Abraham's journey till this point that God called him to offer his son Isaac. In chapter 12 of Genesis, he was called out of his father's house and a covenant of promise was made with him, saying, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. In chapter 13, he separated from Loth and God showed him the land, but yet it was still a promise to him and to his seed that he had not at the time. 
The Bible just says, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. In verse 15 of Genesis chapter 13, it says, For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. Note the word seed there. When we come to chapter 15 of Genesis, you will see that God showed up again to renew his covenant and assured him that Eliezer of Damascus, his steward, will not be his heir. When we come to chapter 16, he ran ahead of God after acting to his wife and Ishmael was born through Eger. In chapter 17, God showed up again, asking Abraham to walk before him and be perfect. There Abraham prayed and God ascertained his covenant once again. As we see in Genesis chapter 17 verse 1, the Bible says, And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, 99, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Meaning he was not perfect at the time. And God continued to say, And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, meaning he prayed. And God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Now this is not a time to really, really look into that chapter itself. But God was saying, as for him, he was going to keep his covenant now left to Abraham. Fast forward to chapter 21. God visited Sarah miraculously with a child, Isaac. And that led to Hagar being told to live with a son, Ishmael. And in chapter 22 that we read, God requested that Abraham sacrifice Isaac. Now note that I have gone through this chronology to let you understand that God demands more from a person of covenant. A man that God has a covenant with, God demands more from such. And we as believers called a chosen generation, a royal priesthood like Abraham, we are called out of sin to walk with God. We are called alone to walk in perfection and God demands more from us. Now let's think about all what Isaac meant to Abraham at the point he was asked to sacrifice him. This was the promised child and Isaac was the fulfillment of the promise of God. In Isaac shall thy seed be called. Isaac was the covenant made by God to him concerning his seed. Isaac was the ray of hope of all that the Lord has promised to him. It was the hope of very, very many, many years of waiting. It was the miracle he was carrying and seeing in his hands every day. And it was the long messianic dream unto him. So now you wonder that Isaac became the idol in his earth whom he showers his love upon every day. At this time, Ishmael has been sent packing to nowhere. The love he had for this child, Isaac, was so much that God had to go out of his way to comment on the strength of his love and affection for this child. He says in that Genesis chapter 22 verse 2, he says, Thy son, thy only son, whom thou lovest, he loved Isaac. Here, I want you to note that Abraham was going to be the father of many nations. But the only child who was the ray of hope of the promise that God has given to him needs to be sacrificed. Wow. 
We are not told how much he wrestled. We're not told if he spoke to his wife. But I want to tell you, it wasn't an easy decision to make. He must have wept. He must have cried. Though in the next verse, we're just told that he submitted to God and the next morning arose, but it wasn't an easy decision. If he had negotiated, because he negotiates, we know he negotiates, we know he prays, because he did exactly the same thing at the time of Loth when Sodom and Gomorrah were going to be destroyed. So if he had negotiated, like many of us would do, he might perhaps offer himself as a sacrifice than for the child he loved so much to be the sacrifice, than for the heir of all the promises he has gotten so far to be sacrificed. But before we get lost in this story, there is an important principle here. Brethren, God must be loved with our whole heart. And for that to happen, Abraham must be killed of a legitimate love, the love of his son, his only son that he loved so much. I want to repeat myself here. Abraham must be killed of every love that competes with the love of God. This whole experience was therapy for Abraham and not Isaac. For God will not share a place with Isaac in Abraham's heart. If God must reign in our hearts, he must reign unchallenged. Brethren, the question for you is Christ reigning in your heart unchallenged. What is sharing a place in your heart with God? Remember the Bible says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. The key word here that we need to note is all. Not some, not a few. You know, at the time of Abraham, there was no Ten Commandments. But the principle of this ultimate love for God was in place. All and nothing less, nothing between, everything must be for God and God will not compete. Like Abraham, many of us have given the miraculous provision of God a special place in our heart to the hand that it is unknowingly taking up our love for God. We are now beginning to love the creatures and the created and paying lip service to the Creator. Note that you must bring all to the altar of consecration everything and make God your portion and possession forever such that he is all you possess and nothing else is possessed that means anything to you. I believe it was Fanny Crosby the wrote all all to Jesus I consecrate anew. He is my portion forever. Only his glory henceforth will I pursue. He is my portion forever. Make God your portion forever. She says take take the world and all his gilded toys, all the things. Take, take the world, I covet not his joys. Mine is a wealth, no moth or rust destroy. Jesus, my portion forever. The question for you today, have you taken Jesus as your portion forever? That all that means everything to you in life is Christ. That the loss of every other thing will not matter to you, but Christ. Have you gotten to the point in which you said, take the whole world, but give me Jesus? I tell you, even the possession of things at the time would mean nothing to you. All out to Jesus, I cheerfully resign. The song says, is my portion forever. I have the witness that he 
my Lord is mine, completely mine. He's my portion forever. Now, I want us to stop a bit at this point and introspect. What is or are your Isaac? What are the things that you hold dear to your heart? That song says, the things that I hold dear to my heart. The things that I love, I hold dear to my heart. They are borrowed and not mine at all. Jesus only let me use them to brighten my life. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord. What do you hold dear to your own heart? What is it that competes for your time, your consecration, your love? God is asking for it today. What is it? Your job, your ambition, your family, kids, beauty, provisions. Name them. What are they? God will not take a seat in your heart with them. You must blot them out of your heart. You must blot them out of the tables of your heart. You must give a place to Jesus. You must take all your affections and take them out and give Christ your attention, full attention. It must be all in all to you. Now, this is the reminder. God is asking that you bring them to the altar of consecration. God is asking that you come with them and you say, I submit them to you, O God. God is reminding you at this time of the consecration that you once made. And you're no longer keeping to them again. And he's saying, think well. What is it that is now taking the place of God in your heart? And let those things now become external to you. That God will be your only possession. Seek the face of God today. And God Almighty is going to do it.